0: Here is my reality reflection for today. When is constructive criticism not? Let's think about that for a moment. I see a lot of arguing on social media and lack of love and people just being downright rude when they're trying to make a point point trying to defend the faith, or have some sort of a political argument, it comes into play their emotions, right? They just zing things. And what I want to say is those words can sometimes really hurt that person. Honestly, I'm out there everywhere, and I'm out there speaking of the Catholic faith, which Not a lot of people are fond of, some people have great disdain for, and other people just don't get it because they're like me back in the day before God found me in 2013 and not even thinking of God. You Jesus freak, get out of my way. And I am out there not as an apologetic, not as a theologian. I am out there sharing the love, mercy, joy, and peace That I have received praise God through his graces. I am out there to show the world that there is a better way to live on this earth by not only loving God with all our heart, but loving each other and being there as a friend, but also not being a wet noodle, standing up for my beliefs and not being bullied, so to speak. But how do you provide constructive criticism to someone in love? You've got to pray through it. You've got to stop. Love is patient and kind. So a quick response is not the way to go. I've made this mistake over and over again in my journey. If you have you know, someone that's coming at you in Facebook, sometimes it's better not to respond. Or sometimes it's better to instant message them so you're not having a debate in public eyes for people to critique your debate and your approach. I find that I walk away from a lot of arguments that are out there. Why? Because it brings up anger in me. It brings up feelings that I don't feel are loving and I want to pipe in. I want to be like, okay, guys, can we maybe not approach this this way? Can we maybe love each other? And I don't because of one thing. I don't know if those people are open to the feedback that I may provide. And number two, do I want to pull myself into that So it's not like I'm running away. And yes, I would love to show love, kindness, and caring by popping myself in there. But other times I say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But for the people that you love and you want to correct the ways in which they are living their lives, there's ways to do it that doesn't come across overbearing And doesn't come across as, who are you to tell me, you holy roller, how to live my life? I don't believe in what you believe. Don't push your beliefs on me. Or maybe it has nothing to do with faith. Maybe they're doing some things that are just not healthy with you know, their relationships. Maybe it has nothing to do with their soul, but a lot of the time it does. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. When you have the eyes of faith and God has given you that view, you see things through the eternal soul's perspective. And when you see children and friends and family doing things that are harming their soul, harming their possible chance of getting, it's not a chance either. It's its a decision to get to heaven and to change their lives. It's very difficult not to become preachy. So two things, pray your way through it. If it's a, if it's an opportunity for you to sit down and say, okay, I have to have this tough decision and this tough discussion. I'm making the decision to have this tough discussion. That's kind of what I wanted to say there. God, how do I do it? And God, when do I do it? I went through this. I'll give you a specific example. I was allowing my, I mean, I, we, we were living in another place in a lake house that we're selling, by the way. So we'll all be back in one house. But we were living in another place. And I knew darn well that my kids, my stepchildren, were having their girlfriends sleep over. But I wasn't there. And I, you know, figured, well, I'm not there. It's not bothering me. And I just kind of kept kicking it down the road. And then I decided when we were moving back, because we moved back for the winter, I said to my husband, I can't have this happen anymore. I can't look at Jesus if I die tomorrow and say, oh yeah, I didn't want to have that hard conversation with the boys and hurt their feelings and make them not like me. I couldn't do it. I have to go back to, I am living for an audience of one. And so how did I approach it? I prayed on it for a long time. It was a couple of weeks. And I sat down and I said, listen, I love you both so much. And there's a reason why I'm having this conversation. It's because I love you so much. And I know you're not where I'm at. I know you've seen me go deep in my faith, so much so that I left my career. I know you've seen changes in me too. And I continue to go deeper and I am having a really tough time watching you do things that I don't believe are good for your eternal soul. I believe that you're harming yourself to get into heaven because I believe that sex before marriage, even though I did it back in the day when I didn't have faith to guide me and lead me, I believe that sex before marriage is a mortal sin. And I honestly cannot allow that, at the very least under this roof. But I also want you to know that it is for your good. I would like you not to have sex anymore, period. Not to contracept. That's another mortal sin. And they looked at me and they understood. There was no arguing. At the end of the day, it's our house. You're 22. Two twenty-five. 25, you can go do your own thing, live on your own. So there really wasn't much to say, but looking back, I am so happy that I had the discussion in the loving eternal soul going to heaven way <laughs> than just, I don't want your girlfriend sleeping over anymore. It's against my beliefs and faith and then leaving it at that. Because that's a different message. My message is more about I want you in heaven. It's beyond just what happens under my roof. I want to put a seed into your heart that hopefully will be watered and grown that you somehow see the reality of what you're doing as well. And I've had many spiritual conversations with one of the stepchildren that still lives with us. The other one has moved out. But still, not because of that. <laughs> By the way, um, he's just—you know—he's older. He—he's—it it was time for him. But the other one's still here, and we—we we talk a lot about faith. And I remember his their mom passed away three years ago, and I look at that whole situation and I say, "Okay, God, you do bring good out of bad." They never lived with us, and then all of a sudden we have three dogs and two you know, young teens and young 20 year old men in the house and everything was totally different for my husband and I, but it was amazing and it was awesome. And we would never have built these relationships. They saw everything happen in the same house with me leaving my executive career, starting my ministry, watching me grow in faith. All of this has just been such a blessing. So at the time, it was crazy. We didn't understand like what happened to her and she's gone and it was sad and horrible and everything was a little bit nuts, right? Everyone's lives were turned upside down. But looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. So constructive criticism is good when it's constructive, when it's rooted in love for that person. If it's just a snide remark because you don't like how someone cleaned the bathroom or someone didn't make the the dinner the way you would or it's someone at the office that missed or messed up a couple of things, you know, in their job, it's the same thing. You got to deliver it with love and caring like you want this person to clean the bathroom a little bit better because it's for their health. <laughs> you know, it's not just because you're being a nitpicker. Oh, and by the way, it's also for your future family because everyone should know how to cook and clean and things like that. It's for, the, it's for them to better themselves. In a work situation, same thing. If there's a lot of missing attention to detail or screw-ups or things, you have to explain why you're correcting them. But you have to also do it with their development in mind, that was one of the key things I think um, in my management style was just constantly looking to say, "This is a development opportunity for you. It's not a I'm coming and you know beating you over the head because of a mistake you made. It's an opportunity to develop and be better next time and keep these things in mind. It's just like us when we go to confession." And those of you who are listening who are not in the Catholic faith, that's what confession is all about. You walk in there, you confess the mistake that you made to God, you repent by doing some sort of penance, and then you remember it. Trust me, you remember it because if it's really bad, you certainly don't want to go back in there and say it again. I've had many, (laughs) many of those trips and falls where I have had to go back into that confessional and say... Oh my gosh, God, I cannot believe I'm here again. But that is where God comes into play to help us, to give us the grace to remember how we should be acting ourselves and also keep that in mind, especially for those who don't have God in their life. They need that love. They need that caring. And it's almost like they'll thank you. When you're done with the conversation, the boys and I hugged and they said, we get it, we understand, no problem, and I can put my head on the pillow at night and know that if I pass away and I go look at Jesus, I could say that I was not afraid to talk to my kids about my beliefs and hopefully also help them feel like they are very loved and all I want to do is get their souls to heaven. All right, everyone be loving. And then your constructive criticism is, I love you all. Go be the light. Take care.